Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. I really wish I could share honest-to-goodness news. Now, as Christians, we know that there's plenty of good news that applies to us now and forever. We live with Christ. When our life is over here, we will physically and spiritually be transported to his presence forever. Now, we know that he dwells in us now through the Holy Spirit. We know our sins, past, present, and future, have been dealt with on the cross. And because of that, we have complete forgiveness. We also know that Jesus will never leave or forsake us and is actually right with us when we face trials, temptations, and situations that can harm us and bring us down. Beyond this, there are many other blessings that could easily be recounted here about how great God is, how much he loves us, and ultimately how he is recreating the image of God the Son, Jesus, in our hearts. All of this and so much more is really good news, and we need to remember that. Unfortunately, we do not yet live in the eternal state yet. We live on this globe that we call Earth, and it's destined to be destroyed and replaced with a new one at some point in the future when God has decreed. Because of that fact, and because this world is cursed due to sin, we must always work to rise above the situations that seek to destroy or at least hamper our effectiveness as ambassadors for Jesus in this world. It can be frustrating, to say the least, but we're not alone being buoyed up by our spiritual bond with Jesus through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Now, it's something we must always take advantage of and always remind ourselves of so that we do not allow situations in this world to cause a break in fellowship from Jesus. J.D. Rucker recently published an article that highlights what he believes is the coming collapse of American society. It's certainly not merely America that's going to suffer this collapse, but nations throughout the world will experience it. And the exceedingly wealthy who have planned for it and brought about this demise with the help of politicians and corporations um, basically on their side, oh, these, these rich globalists will dance and celebrate into the wee hours of the morning as they gain even more wealth through this upcoming debacle and collapse. Their delight will know no bounds because their dream of world domination is coming to fruition. Now, most people don't like to look too long at negative situations or possibilities. They prefer to push that aside and focus instead on those things they see as good and uplifting. The trouble is that we must at times consider the negative or what many of us call the doom and gloom because it is there that our direction lies most of the time. Simply ignoring what may well be the inevitable does not, it doesn't do anything except allow people to pretend that all is well. Then when things actually do go south, those folks who have won't have a proper response because they're completely unprepared. They're not ready for it. Too many choose to ignore all the signs that point to the coming reality. And this applies to many Christians largely due to the fact that they are woefully unaware 
of the prophetic portions of Scripture that specifically deal with the character and nature of the last days prior to the, to the return of Jesus. Now, most pastors won't even touch that subject either. So their parishioners, their congregations are woefully unprepared because they don't know. And to that end, I'd like to recommend a book recently published by Amir Tsarfadi's Uh, I think I pronounced his name correctly. Um, His latest book, Has the Tribulation Begun? It's available. It's available on Amazon and other places. And people need to be aware of what the Bible says about these days. And Amir's book may help them become more prepared. So what's happening today is not due to normal economic cycles, but to the purposeful gerrymandering by powerful people of global society in order to bring the change they think is needed to ensure that they get what they want out of society. And for them, it means two classes of people, the Lords, them, and the serfs, us, will exist. They want to rule the world, and they honestly don't care if the rest of us peons are here or not. And this is also of the Lord, really. J.D. Rucker in his article notes, quote, the partial list of existential threats in our immediate future includes challenges that by themselves are huge. Combining them into this perfect storm of simultaneous catastrophes makes it all seem insurmountable without divine intervention. And that's the point. The globalist elite cabal continuously call it the poly crisis, P-O-L-I crisis. They need all the bad things happening within the same short window to make it nearly impossible for us to overcome them all. They have solutions in mind, quote unquote, for the masses to accept them. The powers that be need us broken, desperate, and willing to give them everything just to be able to survive, unquote. And I've got links for these quotes uh, and uh, the footnotes or the transcript. Rucker continues, quote, before I get into the list of challenges, it's important to note that something for those who are not as pessimistic as I am, excuse me, getting prepared by weaning ourselves from government and reducing our reliance on the system is a good thing, even if my, his predictions of impending doom do not come to pass, unquote. Well, we don't have to walk around bathed in fear. We don't, which will simply lock us up, make, a, make it difficult for us to make a decision as it did for many during COVID. Well, that's as wrong as the folks who are determined to ignore any and all bad news and pretend there's nothing wrong in society. There is a middle, an intelligent ground based on acknowledging the potential that may occur while not being overwhelmed by it, which stems from a severe lack of faith. Now, as a partial list, Rucker notes seven things that are deeply affecting society now in his article and will continue. And in a nutshell, understand that these things are being used to keep society in upheaval in order to more easily bring about the needed change. So the underlying common bond, if you will, between all the things he lists is fear. Pandemics and the threat of dying is fear-inducing as is the increase in general violence we're seeing. 
The tremendous uptick in governmental corruption also creates a sense of fear for law-abiding citizens who come to believe that this corruption correlates to an increase in verbal and even physical attacks against conservatives and Christians. And that ties into the increase specifically in transgenderism and their view that they need to get violent if they're not accepted in society as normal. Well, they're not normal but they want to be accepted as normal. And if they aren't accepted as normal, they're going to get mad and get violent. The fear that is supposed to silence critics or experience violence. So if you're a critic, if you're a conservative or a Christian, and you have the audacity to say that transgenderism is not normal or uh, legalized pedophilia is not normal, well, you better be quiet. Otherwise, you could be beat up or killed. Beyond that, the whole climate change, we're all going to die scenario, is born of fear so that people will voluntarily give up their rights and change their priorities. Again, somehow or another, it's all based on some form of fear because fear is the greatest motivator to get people to change their behavior to the needed and desired response. So Rucker's response to this is the correct response, I believe, one that I noted at the top of this article. He says, quote, my hope is firmly set in the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. So no matter how bad things get in this world, the next world is inconceivably better, unquote. I just wonder sometimes how many of us Christians really focus on that as a point of living instead of focusing too much on what's going on in the world and trying to make our inroads into the world and make a name for ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Rucker goes on to say that this knowledge of life in eternity does not negate the fact that we are experiencing and will continue to experience troubles in this life. Now, in my mind, I continue to go back to the time of Joseph and other examples in the Bible, but specifically Joseph and the seven-year famine. So because of Joseph's foresight given to him by God, the people of Egypt were saved from starvation, leading to death. It was not easy, but they managed it because of how they prepared for it. We cannot prepare for every eventuality, and most of us don't have the financial resources to do so anyway. Now, aside from doing what you can to store up extra things, you're going to need the other thing, and by far the most important thing or option every Christian, and I'm talking about authentic Christians here, can and should do is fall on our knees, confess our sin, and move with God, keeping as close as we can to him. Without this, we have little to no discernment, wisdom, or wherewithal to move through our days. It would be like trying to drive a car that has no fuel. We need to hang on to God and not get sidetracked. You know, it's funny. I vividly recall when I was young, I had gone to the store with my dad. I was walking. So I was probably three or four at the time, maybe just older. We were in the store and I was holding my dad's hand. And as we walked, he stopped for a second and I saw something that interested me. So he looked at what caught his interest and I let go of his hand and went to look at the object of my interest. Well, when I was finished, I went back over to where my dad had been and I grabbed what I thought was his hand. Turns out I grabbed a stranger's hand. And I recall he and my dad had a good laugh over that. But because I had not looked up, 
I didn't realize that the hand I was reaching out to hold did not belong to my father, but to a stranger. Well, as Christians, we need to be exceedingly aware of the fact that God is with us and wants to guide us through life each day. This is not done by speaking to us audibly, either in our minds or out loud, as some teach. It is done by him directing our steps based on our knowledge of Scripture. The more we know of his word, the better we will understand his guidance and be able to do things automatically in his strength. I think of King Jehoshaphat, and I'm going to be doing a little bit of a short series on him. But Jehoshaphat and how he did many correct things, and because of it, God blessed him mightily. How did he know to do those things? Well, it was based on God's written law from Moses. Then this same king did something stupid, and one of God's prophets had to point out his mistake and how he would suffer because of it. Here's another quote from J.D. Rucker. We cannot stop the societal collapse that's coming. God can if he chooses to, but my gut tells me his plans as detailed in biblical prophecy are unfolding before our eyes. That means persecution and calamity. But even if these aren't the biblical end times, the powers that be seem bent on duplicating the scenario detailed in prophecy. One world government, one world currency, one world religion, famine, pestilence, war. It's time to get prepared, he says. If you've already loaded up on everything you need, great. Help others to see the light. If you haven't started, no worries. Start now. Rucker talks about his show and how it went from five times per week to sporadic, and he hopes to get back to five times per week. The truth is that I've dealt with the same thing in my life. It's getting busy as my wife and I do what we think we should to prepare for what is likely coming. And because of that, I have less time to post here or on my page at Sermon Audio. So if you're listening to this, I apologize for not being as consistent as I would like to be. The Lord may give me my time back in the future. I have no clue. What I do know is that the list of jobs I have to complete is getting longer and the days are not. Move ahead with resolve, knowing that God guides and helps you. Do not allow situations to defeat you mentally or emotionally or to create fear within you. Trust the Lord to direct your steps. He's done it for millions of people before we were born. He will do it for us, but we need to have faith in that. Do what you can to secure yourself and your family against the potential societal collapse that may be on its way, you know, but it is not insurmountable. Really, if you stop to think about it, it's not insurmountable, but it may be difficult. Other generations before us dealt with things like the Great Depression. They made it through and the Dust Bowl. God is with us. So before I sign off for now, I wanted to alert listeners and readers, if you're reading my blog, that I'm going to be doing a series of articles on Daily Clout's newly released book, which analyzes the Pfizer's documentation regarding their CV-19 jab. And it's the same set of documents that our illustrious FDA wanted to keep 
from public view for 75 years. The book is uh, over 400 pages, so I'm not going to get through it all, but I'm going to highlight some of the stuff from it. So ask yourself, why did the FDA want to keep it secret for 75 years? Well, most of us would have been gone by then. In the meantime, look for that if interested, and I'm also going to be hopefully starting a short series on Jehoshaphat, one of the good kings of Judah and what we can learn from him. So I do appreciate you joining me today. And until we meet again, I pray that the Lord will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical conservative perspective. 